Hey there, boys and girls. It's Ralph Garman, and you're listening to Talking Codswallop. Good choice. Hello, everybody. This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Man. You might know me from the Tell Him Steve Day podcast and the I Sell Comics podcast. Listen, I love podcasting. I love talking, but what I really love doing is talking Codswallop. Hey, I'm Alicia Witt. I'm Daniel Portman from Game of Thrones. I play Podrick Payne. I'm Ellipses, and you're listening to the talking... Okay. <laughs> I'm Mark Bernard, and you're listening to the Talking Codswallop Podcast. Hey, man, it's Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, whose voice you were never used to hearing in the 90s until I started opening it up, man. And that's because I'm a podcaster, and you're listening to a podcast, Talking Codswallop, right here, man. Welcome to this week's Talking Codswallop. I'm Gemma. I'm James. And I'm Andy. Oh, who let you back, Andy? I snuck back in. Oh, all yeah. right. Well, as you're here, you can stay. You snuck <laughs> under the razor wire. <laughs> well, you left your window open and I just crawled in. Oh, mine or James's? Or James's. <laughs> if I thought if I do it into yours, Gemma, then it would just scare their life out of you. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's a good point. <laughs> so- all I did with Andy was ask him to just vacuum around the house a bit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, this is just a little intro because we have got an episode which we're about to listen to. And it was recorded a few weeks back now, wasn't it? Recorded. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. And it was recorded by James. And he got to speak to a chap called Bam Blows, who's a YouTube sensation basically isn't he Danny is yeah um but you know because it was just him and James I think you know me and Andy got a little bit left out and we wanted to chat as well so <laughs> washing my hair that night anyway yeah fine job you did too Andy thank you <laughs> yeah. <Bit> vigorous though <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Andy wasn't even uh part of the clang at that time clan at that time <laughs> <laughs> but you the are. clan clan <laughs> the, yeah the clan clan <laughs> <laughs> oh god we're off to a good start yeah so it's a very very well done interview thank you thank you both andy and i have already listened to it but of course we're going to listen to it again when it's aired because it's that good andy did you have anything that you uh wanted to say <laughs> Apart from the the blatant cat slandering at the beginning, it was another tremendous interview by James. Thank you, thank you. I will bear in mind that there will be no slandering of uh, cats or any other animals in my future interviews, if I can remember. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, he's he's promised not to ever tell his ghost story again. No, that's true. Not not even the stuff I've added to it. I've only told you two the stuff that's been added to it that I forgot. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're going to have to adapt that story and you're going to have to change it up. And you were a 35-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> and James, if there are any more cat slandering, I will sneak back into your house and leave you a little present in your slippers. Oh, dear. No. I tell you what, I'll just keep, I'll, I will just keep being nice so you can tie the house up for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just pest you for feeding. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, going back to the interview, he was a really interesting guy, and it was like, really disappointed that I wasn't there to to speak to him as well. But 
you know, these things happen, don't they? So, yeah, he sounds very fun and he sounds also very nice as well. Incredibly nice. And yeah. if you're a fan of his work um, or you don't know his work, I would certainly say to people, get on uh, YouTube and have a look at it. And if you are a fan, you'll you'll just learn a lot about him. But really interesting guy. Yeah. I especially like the bit where you were blowing his balls. <laughs> you were just like, oh, bam, you're so amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know how to keep the talent happy, you see. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bam blows. It was Jane no. blows. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> James was blowing with all his might to make sure that interview went well. <laughs> and you did. You did very well. So... Uh, we'll stop chatting about it and oh also sorry just quickly before we head off happy new year everybody happy new year yay oh so that's good (laughs) that's that over for another 360 odd days yeah exactly so uh yeah we'll probably go on to uh new year's resolutions next episode which isn't being recorded in five minutes time and you know like things uh, things like that but yeah we just wanted to do a little intro just to you know all be together and we'll stop codswalloping on now and uh basically enjoy the episode yeah we'll go and listen to the episode live and learn people you'll love it here it is now, in the good old days, or should I say the boring, boring old days, YouTube was just used for really boring stuff like looking at cat videos and whatever else dull stuff you want to look at on there. However, today I'm going to talk to someone who's taken YouTube and made it something far more interesting. We're going to talk to the guy who basically will do the stuff that nobody else has the balls to do to entertain people. I have the one, the only. The amazing Bam of Bam Blows. How are we doing, Bam? I'm doing fantastic. Good, good. So, obviously, you are doing some, frankly, mind-boggling, amazing stuff in your videos. But I want to know, how does the how does the story start with, with you? You know, tell us a bit about yourself, please. Well, my name is Bam. My government name is Matt or Matthew. But no one really calls me that. Like, not even my parents. People started calling me Bam, like, in first or second grade, because that's when, like, Jackass became this massive, like, culture shock, you know? Mm. Everyone knew what that was. And everyone loved it at that time. I was always super hyper and, like, always in trouble and just all around, like, a massive attention whore who just loved skateboarding. So, naturally, people just started calling me Bam in reference to Bam Margera. So, it's always been a bit weird to me, though, because Bam was never really, like, my favorite. I always, like connected with steve-o way more i yeah. loved steve-o but you know it is what it is and when i started to upload youtube i decided to do bam blows as like a joke on myself you know like a gay joke or whatever <laughs> and people were telling me you know you shouldn't do that for obvious reasons one of them being people are going to be like oh want to be bam margera but my mindset of it is like controversy creates cash if people want to get upset about it and they want to talk about it and they're going to tell their friends about it that's all attention that it gets brought to me, and it'll help me grow. So I just kind of went with it. So you're saying, Matt, that obviously you sh- when you were you growing up, Bam uh, was that well the, where the nickname came from. That was your interest. But um, what, what, I mean, if you're okay to say, where did you grow up? What, what you know, what sort of school sort of things did you go to? I grew up in Germantown, Wisconsin, which mm-hmm. is just so boring. It's a horrible <laughs> place. 
it's it's a horrible state in general. There's nothing to do. The people are boring. It's just all around bad. Hmm. But I started filming dumb stuff with like my friends in middle school just for something to do because that's when all those cell phones got cameras. So yeah. it's just like why not? They grew out of it by high school though, but I just kept getting crazier. <laughs> and what else? So obviously the big the big influence you had is is Jackass. What with within this sort of the videos done on Jackass, what was the most influential? Do you think to you? I don't what, know. What grabbed your attention the most and made you think, you know, that's what I want to do? I think it was a combination of. Because at the time, in middle school, well, no, in like elementary school, I was already doing dumb stuff for attention. Like I was running into walls to make people laugh or like eating hand sanitizer, just stupid stuff. <laughs> but when I seen Jackass, it was like this click in my head. It was like, oh, my God, you can make a living by just doing whatever you feel like doing. So that's when it kind of clicked. It was like a combination of everything. And what what is a typical day for you? What What do you normally do? I mean, it depends if I wake up or not, because I don't like sleeping. So sometimes I'll stay up for a few days. But if I, I wake I up... I used to do that. I, I mean, I have... Personally, I have an absolutely appalling sleep pattern. I, I don't know sometimes why I even bother going to bed, but I still sort of force myself to get up. But I know exactly what you mean, because when I was at sort of university, things like that, I would stay up for like two days straight. <laughs> yeah. It's just... You get way more done that way. That, correct, yeah. And it's a bit like... Like you were saying, obviously, about the thing of, of the diff, like, you know, you sometimes find it difficult to get up, whereas I do the polar opposite. I make myself get up as early as humanly possible. Cause just like you said, you get more done. You can, you can accomplish far more. Yeah. I like to get stuff done. But if I wake up, I'll typically wake up, I'll brush my teeth, I'll take a shower, and then it's just dive right into stuff. Mm. I'm either going to be editing a video, I'm going to go film a video, then I'm going to upload a video to YouTube, then I'm going to upload a video to Instagram. And then I'm going to either film more or I'm going to go out and do something like go to a casino and gamble because I, I love to gamble. <laughs> and so when just you go, do stuff like that. When you go to the casino, what game, what, what's your game of choice? What, would you, what do you normally play? I love slots and I love blackjack. Good man. <laughs> See, I, can, I, can, I don't really do slots, but yeah, I played a bit of blackjack in my time. I can appreciate that. That's a, that's a, that, that's a good game. And it can be, you've obviously got to be careful. You don't want to sort of lose all your money doing it, but it certainly yeah. can be rewarding. So I also love I was, poker. Sorry, poker, you're saying as well. Yeah. Sorry. I love watching poker, but I don't like playing it. I think poker is a terrible game. <laughs> um, one of the questions I was going to ask you is like, what sort of jobs you've had? But to be fair, it sounds like your full time job is you, the video. Yeah. The, the That's persona. the thing. I've set up this like, idea in my head in like early high school that I never want to work a real job in my life <laughs> and so far I've held true to that like I realized like I, there was like this quote from a Steve-O DVD a long time ago where he basically was talking about how he, that people would pay him to just show up and party and when I was in early high school I'm like dude I can do that too so like when I was 15 I started doing crazy stuff at parties, like stapling things to myself, lighting myself on fire, eating glass, just stuff like that. And word gets around and people are like, come to my party, come to my party, come to my party. And you just start charging them. And then as people get older, they get more money. And when you do college parties, more people show up. But sometimes people are broke in college. So then I would teach people how to make money for throwing a party. I would tell them, just buy all the beer and then charge people admission. You'll make your money back and make way more. And then you can pay me. 
So yeah, I've just been doing that. Life's okay. great. So we can safely say you've got one hell of a good business brain on you. I, uh, yeah. I'm impressed because you are doing what basically something I would love to do, which is be able to do something through sort of like my podcasting and um, sort of like the, the, the things of that nature and see if I can really make a go at it and make some sort of money that way. And it is a very interesting way of, of doing things. You get to meet some very interesting people. So the focus of your work is obviously the crazy stunts. Well, I think to say crazy is unfair. I'll say extreme because being honest with you, Bam, I watch you from pretty much the start of the stuff you've done, and I've always been really impressed by what you've done. I mean, I find it That's amazing. That's so cool. Because <laughs> I, I was there pretty much, I think, probably at the inception when you started out, when you were on very, very sort of low figures, and they've grown brilliantly. So I remember seeing some of the stuff you've done. I mean, you are certainly amazing me when it comes to things like the amount of stuff you're able to snore. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've put a lot of stuff on my nose. And survive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, with regard to getting into YouTube, how how did you get into that? Obviously, you'd seen the work that had been done through Jackass um, that influenced you to, to to follow that as, a, as your career and the lifestyle you wanted. But how yeah. did you actually... Cause you, how did you decide that YouTube was the way to do it? How did you get into that? And for any of our listeners, can you sort of guide them on what they're best doing, please? It kind of happened out of a fear. I was laying in bed and I was just thinking about this one Steve-O video. Once again, I'm going to reference him a lot. He definitely had a huge That's impact fine. in my life. That's fine. And he was talking about this like idea that he would completely fail in life and die young. That's what he thought would happen. But in his mind, if he had enough home video footage, he would get famous after death. And that really hit home with me. And it clicked in my head that I had a better chance of getting famous if I started uploading things to the internet. So I just started uploading stuff. And then people started watching it. I'm like, okay, I'll make content specifically for the people who watch it. And I just kind of started doing it consistently. And I get more and more consistent as time went on. It started off like one video a week, then two, then three. And then it's like, all right, we're doing a video every single day. And now I started doing a video every single day on Instagram too. Because I just want to put out as much stuff on the internet as I can and entertain as many people as I can. That, I mean, you really hit on something that I think is, uh, it certainly interests me. Uh, and I know, because this is a, a joint uh, podcast that's done, my, uh, my, the, the lady who hosts with me, Gemma, really uh, did want to speak to as well. She's very sorry she's not been able to do that. Um, but obviously you hit on something because something, some an issue we both have, Gemini, is the fact that obviously you've got to think up new ideas, you've got to come up with fresh stuff, and you are doing that for a daily or a daily basis for a daily audience who will look at things and think, you know, oh, I've seen it all, or I know it all. How do you keep getting the ideas and keep fresh? Uh, some stuff will just click with you. Like you'll see something, you'll be like, oh, that would be hilarious, you know, if someone fell down that or if someone got hit with that. But a lot of it comes from inspiration from other people that do dumb stuff. Like there's a guy named Simon Christopher. He does a bunch of dumb stuff. There's a guy named Kyler Vick. He does tons of crazy stuff. He also has a new TV show called Too Stupid Die on MTV. Same with uh, Blazer. He does stupid stuff. And obviously like TV shows like Jackass, Dirty Sanchez, you know, all those things. You'll see something. You'll be like, oh, I can twist this and put my own spin on it. You just keep doing that. And eventually stuff becomes more natural to you. When you do it for so long, you just look at things differently. 
Like anyone out there who skateboarded, you know what it's like. Skateboarders, like when they see like a rail or like stairs, they don't just see it as like a way to walk up or like something to hold on to. They see it as something completely different, something that they can use. And with regard to the the stunts you do, the videos you produce, what has been the most rewarding video for you? Most rewarding? That's such a good question. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anything that like other people really enjoy. I like making people really happy. So things that typically get a lot of views make me really happy because it makes a lot of people really happy. So like when I got the paintball pedicure where I had my friend shoot me in the feet a bunch of times with a paintball gun, that like really feels rewarding to me because so many people enjoy it. Sorry, I just had the flashback to when I watched it. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it's the stuff you do is the stuff that most people are too afraid to actually do, you know, too afraid to take on. Fear is um, just a mindset, man. Yeah, and what, with regard to that, what's the most, so obviously we discussed probably the most rewarding because you get a very positive response to it, but what has been the most terrifying? Uh, like I said, fear is just a mindset. I think like scary, they, they, there's no levels to scary to me. I think there's just, okay, this is really scary. And if something's really scary, I just try not to think about it as much as possible. <laughs> That's just but, what you got to do. You just got to block it out. <laughs> But you must have a moment before you do something where you think, oh, God, is this going to be the, is, could this be, could this cause me real damage? Is this going to be the right thing to do? How do you, how do you get over that? You just do a countdown. You just do a three, two, one, and then you just commit. Because if you don't commit to it, something always goes way wrong every single time. So just commit to it and accept whatever's going to happen. Sometimes you have to accept the fact that, like, you're going to get burned. Like, I did hopscotch across hot pans, and I, like, melted the skin off my feet. That's going to happen. You just got to accept it. And how much, because you really, I'm sure that people listen to it and be amazed that you're able to do things like that. So what's the preparation process for you before you you undertake a video? Uh, uh, well, before you do anything of that magnitude or anything, in fact, what, what's the planning process? Because obviously, you know, health and safety be damned sort of thing, but you also have to think <laughs> to a degree of your own safety to ensure that nothing truly dangerous happens to you. Uh, it's just more like how to deal with it afterward. Like a good example is, okay, so if you're going to get pepper sprayed, you always want to make sure you have tons of stuff to try to get that out of your eyes. So you'll just make sure you get a bunch of stuff to wash it out, like milk and stuff like that. It's just all about knowing like what you're getting into and you get familiar. Like you know how to deal with burns, you know how to deal with cuts. And you know, sometimes you're going to get more hurt than you think and you might have to go to the hospital and then they deal with it. <laughs> so I was going to ask that. Have you ever been taken to the emergency room with regard to? Uh, yeah, a few times. And Jumping what, off stuff and yeah, yeah. sprained wrists or like uh, breaking your foot or something like that. You know, n- nothing too big. And what's the general reaction when you go in? Do you actually have to give them any sort of explanation of how you've managed to, to hurt yourself? Uh, well, most of the time you just have to like, you have to bullshit them. So that way like insurance will cover it. <laughs> you just like, oh, I slipped. And they, they look at you like, yeah, yeah, okay, sure you did. Like then they, they know you're not telling the truth, but. Yeah, they let it go. I, I slipped on this knife, honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, is there any stunt you would never do? That's is there such anything a... that you would draw a line 
and just said, there is no way. You could give me however much money, however much fame, what would you say no to? Ah, it's such a hard question. Because, like, my immediate answer is anything where I would die is an automatic no. But then there's some (laughs) stuff where it's like, if you get cast out to sea with sharks, are you going to die? It's like, you might not. (laughs) It's so hard. And also, it's different when there's people around. If you have a crowd of people, your confidence goes through the roof because you're like, I can't let these people down. (laughs) It's a really tough question. I'm sure there's something out there that I wouldn't do, but I'm not sure what it is because I also like, I don't think I upload anything that crazy. I know most people would think that that's insane. Like, oh, you're getting shot with paintball guns. You melted the skin off your feet, whatever. But I have like a list in my phone of way crazier ideas that I want a bigger audience for. Mm. And I don't want to like do something super crazy, super wild and get like a million followers. And they expect every video to be like that. I don't want to disappoint people. That's like a really big thing for me. I do not want to disappoint anyone. So I always try to under promise and overperform. And that's the very big interesting thing when I'm telling to you, Matt, that it's not, you obviously have, I mean, what you, what you told us uh, earlier is the fact that obviously you were, you were focused on this idea of deciding you didn't want to do a boring nine to five style job. You wanted to do something that influenced you, the, the, sorry, that, that excited you and, and, um, got you into this area that you are now in. But it also sounds like a big push for you is about pleasing your audience, really, really pleasing your audience and, re- and recognizing and respecting that you have a core audience who, who like what you do, but not wanting to let them down. So looking at it, you probably, you, you almost sound like you do it more for them than you do for yourself. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I just, I really love attention and I really, I like positive attention more than negative. If I get negative attention, I don't really care. It's like, oh, cool, attention's attention. But I really, really, really like making people happy. And if I can make someone happy, like even in public, like I'm really like a loud, hyper person. So I like when people at the store will like look at me for being a weirdo or whatever. That makes me happy. If I can make people laugh in any scenario, I want to do it. Well, that's a hell of a good way of looking at things. Because if you can make people happy for a living, you can, you can improve their life i mean that's a that's a hell of a a power to have Uh, and that's a really good way of looking at things as well to do to do things like that so with regard to your celebrity as a youtube personality have you managed to meet any of your heroes at all no i actually have a big fear of meeting like people i strongly idolize like obviously i've mentioned steve a lot and how much i idolize him i don't want to meet him at all because I have like, I, I put him on a pedestal. I look yeah. at him as like this God almost. And if I meet him and he's like a normal person and I turn him into like a human being, I'm worried that'll like tarnish his image to me. I just rather would think about him like this God. <laughs> but and you, so you've not met, met him, but if you, what sort of, I'm interest with regard to other people on YouTube who do the similar kind of things you do or just other YouTube personalities. Have you had any sort of contact from them? Do they reach out to you or do you reach out to them? Oh yeah. I've talked to them. I, we talk a lot on Instagram and like blazer who I mentioned earlier, he has a show mm-hmm. on too stupid to die. He has a show called too stupid to die on MTV. We talk a lot and he told me I'm free to come stay with him whenever I want and we can film a bunch of stuff. I just haven't done it yet, but mm-hmm. Eventually, I probably will. And yeah, I've co- talked to a lot of people. I talked to Simon Christopher, but he lives in Canada. So obviously, I have to travel for that. But yeah, we stay in contact. We talk about a lot of stuff. 
we'll talk about like other people who do stunts like oh my god did you see that like you know it's just it's all friendly so people like sort of shoe nice thing people like that who do do things oh yeah nature. uh another great example is a guy called houston jones who oh yeah i know um, him who do you know him personally or do you, do you know no him i don't know well? him personally but i've watched him yeah yeah i watch some of his stuff and um, I'm amazed he's still standing sometimes, to be absolutely honest. But uh... <laughs> yeah, he's so tough. Like I'm yeah. not tough. I'm a pussy. But I think people like that because it's like they, people don't want to always see someone just take a hit. People want to see people on the ground get hurt because it's funny. Watching someone get kicked in the nuts is funnier if they're on the ground. <laughs> if they're still standing, it's not as funny. Yeah. I mean, there's always a guy. I don't know if you would have seen the. Uh, you probably may have heard of them called Children of Poseidon. Of course, I know him. I mean, well, my, I know that of them. I haven't yeah. met them. But my yeah. God, it's when you talk about nut shots. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how that guy. I don't think that guy will ever procreate. If I'm honest. <laughs> All right, I can give you a fun fact. Actually, oh, nut do. shots do not affect fertility at all, but it does highly increase your chances of testicular cancer. <laughs> now, what? No one can ever say that this podcast is not educational. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, if you're going to give advice to our listeners or advice to your to your fan base for getting into your line of work, what would it be? Uh, this isn't specific to like stunts or anything, but this is to, like anyone who wants to be famous. I mean, I don't think I'm famous, but that's the end goal. I want to be famous. Treat your fans as good as you can. I try to reply to every single DM I get on Instagram, as long as they put effort into it. Like, if you say hi with a smiley face, I don't know how to respond to that, so I probably won't reply. But if you write me something with substance, like you say, hey, this really meant a lot to me, or I was going through a hard time and you really made me laugh, I will always respond, 100%. Maybe not the first day you send it, but I will get to it. Because it really, like, means a lot to me that you take time out of your day to write something to me. So that means I should take my time to show you the same respect back and write back to you and let you know how much I appreciate it. So just interact with people. Like, I think that's really important. And when I get famous, I will take every single picture. I will do every single interview I can. I will do anything possible to interact with people and give back to these people. These people support you. You owe them. Whether you think so or not, you owe them. And that, and I can tell you, I can say with absolute 100% certainty and knowledge, Bam does respond because I, I'll talk to Bam about this later on. Uh, off, 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 off air, but he does respond to stuff because he's responded to me on several occasions where he won't have a clue it is me. Uh, but if you contact the guy, he will respond, and he's always very courteous, and he's also he's very, very, um, very friendly in the way he responds to people. And the advice that you've just given then is something uh, I've heard echoed by quite a few people. An example of a very famous person that he said about it, the same thing about interaction with people is Mark Hamill, because he said that if you don't respond to somebody, they'll tell everybody what a jerk you are. If you respond to someone, they'll be happy. They the and it's something Kevin Smith once said as well, which is they're the people who made you basically. So treat them with treat them how you would want to be treated. And it sounds like you're doing exactly that. And that is I think the best way to act. Because too many times, um again I can't mention names, but there are people I know who are celebrities who have discussed the way um the the, the reality, sorry, of uh somebody they know and work with 
which is so far removed from what is the public perception of them. And I'm telling somebody who's really famous they were discussing. And it is quite sad when you hear that the person they're discussing who has this image of being great with people is about a complete ass. Yeah. And that, that, really... that happens a lot. You, you can hear about that a lot where celebrities are just dicks. <laughs> Put it mildly. Yeah, I try to mild. avoid that. I well, don't ever I, want to be like that. Well, I think you, the way you, you interact with people is, is the best way to do it because, like, like you've just said, it cannot, you know, the, the, the common people use is treat people on the way up nicely because on the way yeah. down, you're going to meet them. Yep. So, with regard to the things you're doing and the work you're doing, if you could do anything else other than the YouTube videos you do, what would it be? Well, I want to go on a tour. That's like my life goal. I want to go on a world tour for as long as possible. I just want to travel the world, meet as many people as possible, and perform on stage. So you definitely want to go live with it? Oh, absolutely. And have you done anything that's live, video-wise, um... So not video wise, but do you do any sort of live stunts at the moment? At parties, yeah, like almost every weekend, but never, never like a live like video or anything like that. No. Do you think that's something you would ever look at doing? Could it be? Uh, could it be a money maker for you? Do you think? Yeah, probably. But I would, I would want to do something different. I wouldn't just want to like turn on the camera and here's me stapling stuff to myself. I'd want to do something like really unique for it. And I just haven't thought of anything for it yet. So it's one of these watch these space moments. Bam will come up with something in the future that will absolutely blow your mind. Hopefully. And with regard to, I mean, one of the big things that you are, that we constantly see almost on a daily basis on YouTube is people talking about the demonetization of YouTube. The uh, fact that videos are being blocked, videos are being removed um what sort of impact have you found as someone who is a genuine bona fide youtube personality um uh, <laughs> what has that done what has that done to you what sort of impact does that have upon the videos you produce and the um the well the things that you can actually put out uh well i don't change anything which it is a problem for YouTube. Like they're not cool with that, <laughs> but uh, I don't really care. It's just whatever. I don't care about the money. Like I can make zero dollars off it. It's whatever, dude. There's people who subscribe and they expect to see videos from me, and it's like I can't let them down just because YouTube wants to be, you know, whatever. I'm trying my hardest not to swear. <laughs> That's fine. You can swear if you need to. What has been the push from YouTube to? change their videos do you think what's caused that to happen well the jake paul thing about how he doesn't oh, yeah. understand respect <laughs> or not jake paul it's yeah. logan paul no, whatever logan one paul. it is yeah. yeah i know exactly what you're on about that was just what was he thinking he probably got lost in the moment he's like oh my god people will see this and everyone will click it and he, he was right but <laughs> <laughs> not, just, not in a good way can't do that yeah it's just not okay. I mean, Although I do think, oh. I will say, it's unfair. People were, like, really shitting on him because they said he was laughing or whatever. I'm one of those people where I think humor is, like, a way to deal with everything. I try to laugh at his everything possible, so I'm not mad at him for that. I think people were giving him way too hard of a time. 
he was in shock, you know. It's yeah. okay to laugh. I mean, I was going to say, probably could be nervous laughter. Where he's yeah, that too. Can't quite believe what's going to happen. So, we've also discussed that you, 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 you're interested in, in Steve, the great, sorry, the great Steve-O, because Steve-O is indeed great, and he's quite, yes. frankly, phenomenal at what he does. But if you could work with any celebrity, who would it be? Uh, probably Marilyn Manson. I'd want to go on a tour and do stunts on, like, a stage and have him perform. Do you know that is a very good answer? Because that's not an answer I expected. I think that's a brilliant answer. Wow, I, I love Marilyn really, Manson. I could see that working. I like Marilyn Manson, too. I could really see that working, actually. Um, With regard to other YouTube personalities, is there anybody you'd like to work with from that area? Uh, Adam22. I don't know if you know who he is, but he does podcasts. Like, usually it's rap-related, but he's had on a bunch of skateboarders and stuff like that. I'd love to be on his podcast, and I'd love to just talk to him because he's also super into poker. He spent a lot of his early life playing, like, virtual poker, and I'd just love to talk to him and hang out with him, and yeah. And you were talking, we mentioned earlier, obviously, the one of the big piece of advice you would give is that you would, that you should always be courteous and reach out to your fan base. Um, what how would you describe your fan base? What, how, how would you, you describe them to people? <laughs> uh, they're weirdos, but I love them. And, and, like, I love the fact, like, okay. So a lot of people come to me, and they're so supportive. And they a lot of times they get my humor, so they'll ask me funny questions. Like, I had a girl message me one time, and she wanted her boyfriend to put a shot collar on her during sex. <laughs> <laughs> And he was worried like it would shock his wiener. So she asked me if it would. And I said, no, shot colors aren't strong enough to like go through people. You're totally fine. And it makes me so happy that someone would come to me with that type of question. (laughs) God, that's brilliant. (laughs) As questions go, I've got to say that is a, yeah, that. (laughs) Um, So with regard to your your interaction with your fans, what obviously you, you do communicate with them through, YouTube, things like that. What What is your general interaction with them? Is it just through the YouTube uh, platform or do you do your emails or how do you... How Comments you usually do? or like Instagram DMs. Nobody really emails me. I'm thankful for that. I like to keep the email towards business stuff. Mm-hmm. Now that I said that, I'm going to have a bunch of people doing it like saying, <laughs> hey, just to be a dick. But it, it's whatever. It's funny. But most of the time, it'll be like, comments whether it be youtube or instagram or like if someone has something really personal they'll usually like dm me on instagram and i'll be like oh hey you know thanks for the support i appreciate it and maybe we'll talk about something or whatever but yeah or in usually the just through comments yeah i think i reached out through twitter didn't i, I yeah you I did would, i, I wish more people reached out through twitter i love twitter <laughs> yeah i mean i i honest to god i never had any use of twitter until i got into podcasting and Gemma, who does the podcast, uh, the Talking Codswold podcast with me, basically said to me, you have to get on Twitter. <laughs> you, you are missing so much. And she was spot on because it's a brilliant way of, of getting uh, getting out your information out to people. And it's a brilliant way of also hearing from people and seeing things that you never sort of see in any other format. Facebook and things are okay. But Twitter is just a brilliant tool for communication. Um, now... Talking about communication, Bam, would you, 
well, obviously you've talked about brilliant sort of positive contact you've had from people, the uh, shot colour situation. Have you ever had any negative uh, contact or a negative connotation from your work from, from people? Oh, all the time. But I love that stuff. That stuff is so funny to me. <laughs> Especially, like, people who, like, they don't know why they're angry. They're like, <laughs> this is copying jackass. It's like, it's a genre. It's like stunts. Like, are you mad at someone? Like, okay, are you mad at a stand-up comedian because, like, George Carlin did it first? No, they're all doing stand-up. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's so funny. And then if you, usually if you confront these people who are really upset, all of a sudden they flip. They're like, oh, I'm a huge fan. I was just messing around. They always do it. So could you give me an example of what has probably been one of the sort of strangest uh, interactions you've had? Uh, strangest? I don't know. I haven't had that many, like, super weird, not super weird angry ones. I've had super weird, like, people who love me. That's Ooh. funny, though. Can, can you tell us a bit about that? Uh, I had one girl message me, and she was like, uh, because I, I make a lot of jokes about how small my wiener is. And, like, I have a tattoo that says I have a small wiener. She's like, I want to see it. I don't believe it's that small. And I kept telling her no, but she kept asking. I'm like, no. <laughs> I just finally stopped responding. <laughs> That's probably the safest thing you could do in that situation. But yeah. by the sounds of it, you generally do get very good re- responses from people. People are pretty sort of courteous to you, which is always good to hear because you, know, you do hear some horror stories of interactions with people. What would you say has been the... Sorry, I wouldn't say... Yeah, what has been the nicest... Uh, response you've ever had or contact you've ever had from one of your viewers it kind of blends together but whenever people tell me that like they're depressed or like they're really going through something rough and they're like just watching your video for five minutes distract me from that that like really hits home with me like i'd love to be like a distraction therapist that's how i'd categorize it we're like five minutes out of your day ten minutes out of your day however long the video is i can distract you from whatever your problems are like that, that's really important to me. And it means a lot whenever somebody says that, like when they're actually going through something really fucking rough and then I just make their day that much better, even if it is only for a few minutes. And that must be a real, that, yeah, I can see why, because that must be a really wonderful feeling to have. It's, I was talking to an actor about this uh, recently about the work they do. And they were telling me, interestingly, that originally they'd considered going to the medical profession. And I said, well, in both going in what you consider that you wanted to do and what you became, you have this great thing where actually you are helping people. You have the ability to improve their mood, to brighten the day. And in some cases, it's pretty much something that you, you hit on there, which is the fact that you can be taking people from absolutely horrendous places. I mean, I have found through watching your videos and through um, on a personal level, you know, watching your videos, listening to some of the podcasts I listen to, where I've been through some really rough part times and rough patches, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And that's a brilliant thing to be able to do for people. Yeah, I don't have depression. I don't have anxiety. I never, like, have been through anything like that. So I don't know what it's like, but I know a lot of people that have. And, like, it, knowing, like, you can take someone out of that is, like, it feels so good. It feels really, really good. So you were saying that one of the things you obviously want to do is um, obviously go on in the future. You, you intend to sort of go on the tour, so like a world tour, where you can you can do that. And I think that would I think you would pull some real real interest for that. I think that'd be a really good way of doing things. So 
One of the other questions I wanted to ask you, Bam, was if you could swap places with anyone, if you weren't you, who would you swap places with? Uh, if I wasn't me, I'd swap places with Steve-O because I feel like he's done it all. He's like literally done everything in his life that I would ever want to do. He's partied, did a bunch of drugs, partied with everyone. He went on tour. He did a stand-up special. He's been in movies. He's been on TV. He's like literally done everything imaginable. And I just want to do that too. I want to live life to the fullest. I just want to do everything as much as possible. And that leads on quite in, quite interestingly uh, to my next question. So they decide that they're going to make Bam Blows the biopic all about your life and your amazing YouTube work and what you would then become, obviously, because we're, we're not going to pigeonhole you to this, Bam. I, I do believe that you will grow and you'll become something far, far bigger. So who would you want to play you? Oh, this is such a hard question. I would want it to be someone I'm friends with because I want them to become like super famous and successful too. So I would have you to are, go with... You, seriously, Bam, you are too nice and giving. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You are unbelievably nice. Well, you unbelievably just, like, so. It's like, it's so important to like just... I, just, I don't know. I don't like... In life, I don't expect anything from anyone. I, I don't think I did... Like, I don't expect anyone to give me anything. You go out there and you earn it. You work for everything you get. And if someone hands you something along the way, you know what? Good. You accept it. You're thankful. You move on. But I just try to give back as much as possible. And I don't expect anything from anyone. But if I had to give it to someone, I would give it to probably Blazer, who just had this show on MTV, Too Stupid to Die, because he just, he thinks a lot like me. And he's just, he's such a genuine guy. And I think he would do a really, really good job as an actor. And he's also, he wants to become a director. So I'd also want him to direct it. That'd be my choice. Sweet. That's a good answer. So, but if it was somebody established who's famous now, is there anybody you could think of in particular that you'd want to play you? Someone who's established? Ah, oh, man. I don't want him to look like me because I think it'd be funnier that way. So I want someone like <laughs> Danny DeVito. Like Danny DeVito would be hilarious. <laughs> Or alternatively, you really throw them and like get say Kevin Hart or somebody to play you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that would be so good. Or like The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, no, I think that's right. I think we get The Rock to play you. I think The Rock would be the absolute because it it would be it would be brilliant to watch him do it to watch him do all his stunts, but it'd also just be so confusing. <laughs> yeah, it'd be so good. And you make no mention of at all the fact that you don't sort of resemble each other you just like leave people there to watch it <laughs> yeah then when people like look up like what it's based off of they'd be like what is going on <laughs> yeah i don't know who if i had to choose the only guy that i've been told that i really sort of look like is a guy called rupert penry jones who's an actor i don't um, even know who that is i'm about to look he, him up He's an English guy. He was in a program called Whitechapel. I think he's the only guy I really... And I can see it, and people do think there's a resemblance. He's probably the only guy I could ever have play me. Unless I played me in a biopic, of course. So if anyone's interested, the option is there that I would happily make a film with uh, all about my life. Um, so obviously you've said that you would want to go on tour, and you, you, uh, you obviously enjoy the stunt work you do. With regard to um, 
any future sort of stunts? Is there anything in particular you're thinking of doing? What's your next step going to be? What can you show up without ruining it for your fans and uh, taking away some of the mystery? Is there anything that in the pipeline that you can share with us, Bam? Uh. Well, okay, well, I'm going to continue doing stuff daily, of course, but I can tell you a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff that I do. People don't yes. realize like how much I like focus yes, on this Yes, please. I was... try out for a million TV shows all the time. I just always – I, I want to be on TV. I want to do as much as possible. And so I do that a lot, but I've also been working on a pilot for a TV show and stuff like that. So I've been working on stuff. Maybe something will work out. Maybe it won't. Who knows? Hey. <laughs> You're doing the right thing. You are. You're, you're t- again. You're you're doing what most people are afraid to do. You come out of a comfort zone, and you are you're trying new things and you're pushing to see where you can go. And I think it's brilliant that you are trying to do that um, because, again, something I was discussing with someone else recently on into is the fact that unfortunately too many people do take the comfortable option, don't they? They don't. Yep. Uh, Maybe it's through fear, maybe it's through other, other lifestyle choices or impacts of lifestyle. I know it's easy to say, why did you do that? But again, that's it's nothing to the level you do, but it's partly one of the things why I got into podcasting because I knew it was something I'd enjoy doing and it gets you out of just doing a normal sort of job. It gives you something else that you can do and it ties in also. I do sort of small amounts of voiceover work for people. Again, Things that take you out of your comfort zone, but also people in, to you know enjoy. And again, the big thing is if other people enjoy, you can enjoy as well. And it ties into sort of what you said about that as well, about yeah. showing that other people enjoy things. But obviously, it is giving yourself that big kick up the ass to uh, to do something else. Yeah, you just got to get up and do it. I want to do a podcast too. I've just been, I want to get like a lineup of people I want on it. So that way I can knock a bunch out like in one week and just have it set up. So that way I can just sort of like do one a week then and just still have a bunch ready. Yeah. Like advice, I, I love to just be prepared. The advice is to always bank something. I always have, you know, on like on interviews, things like that. We always say bank something. Cause then you've got a nice run of things that keep people interested. Yeah. That way if you're busy one week or something, you can just still pull one out. You don't have to miss. That's Correct. very important. Correct, it is. And obviously your fan base want to see more of the things you, you will do. And they, they obviously, you know, they're on, you don't want them to grow stagnant and bored. You want to keep them interested and have a fan base that will follow you to the ends. That's another reason I make so much stuff. Because when I get into something, I like obsess over it. I want to know everything. I watch a million interviews. I watch documentaries. I'll watch something that's like four hours long just to learn more about it. So I figure if I have any fans like me that are going to obsess over me, I want as much stuff out there as possible. So that way it will take them forever to see everything. And then by the time they do see everything, there's going to be a bunch of stuff they forgot. So when they rewatch it, it's like brand new again. One of the things I wanted to ask you, Bam, is that when it came to making the videos, and I sort of asked you a bit earlier on, but it was about the preparation for the videos. Um, so, for example, when you, memory serves, you drank a snow globe. Um, yeah. How did you sort of, with the inherent risk of that, how did, so, I'm st- again, flashbacks, but how did you, <laughs> how did you prep for that? How did you? Um, uh, I didn't. <laughs> I just went in with complete ignorance. Because I'm like, <laughs> all right, I just, I don't want to know what's in here. Because if I know what's in here, it's probably horrible for you. So I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to post it. And someone in the comments is going to tell me about how much of a horrible decision I made. But by then, it's too late. It's already been like a week or something. And if I'm fine in a week, then I'm good for life. 
It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and what, again, I'm probably so, but I'm, I'm probing a bit more on this. When it comes to the, the negative, what has been the most negative physical reaction you've had to uh, one of your videos? Oh, physical reaction? Yeah. Uh, well, well, how ill, let's be honest, take it to brass tacks. How ill have you made yourself? Uh, never really that sick, honestly. It's usually like physical stuff that's really bad, like burns, because those take weeks yeah, to heal, and it's just horrible. Or like that cut on my hand. I did handstands on broken glass one time, and mm-hmm. I sliced open my hand, and I was I should have went and got stitches, but I didn't want to because stitches are just a burden. <laughs> so I just like I duct taped like a washcloth to my hand until it stopped bleeding, and then I pulled it off and I put paper towel over it and just duct taped that to my hand for like a week or two <laughs> until it healed up. <laughs> just stuff like that. It's stuff that's an inconvenience to everyday life. That's like the biggest hassle for me. Yeah, I think if you ever end up having to go into the armed forces with regard to getting hurt, you'd be you'd be uh, perfect because you'd just be able to sort of self heal almost. <laughs> yeah, no I feel like Wolverine. It's almost like a superpower. <laughs> so you are like Wolverine, aren't you? You just get hurt, you bounce back from it, no problems. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I'm a firm believer that like if you treat your body horribly, you get a crazy good immune system and it heals really quick. <laughs> People that like wash their hands a lot or like try to avoid anything dangerous, they always get hurt and get the most sick. Yeah, they do say that because if you don't expose yourself to illness, like say common colds, things like that, you will end up becoming more ill because your immune system is just not used to it. Yeah. So here we have Bam. Example, listeners, he is the man with probably the greatest immune system in the world. And frankly, doctors should be using him and cloning him. Yeah, I never get sick, and my doctor always tells me I'm extremely healthy. I don't know how. It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm okay with it. (laughs) Now, (laughs) you mentioned Wolverine, so I'm going to ask. If you could have any superpower, Bam, what would it be? This is so easy. I want immortality. I never want to die. Doesn't that worry you a bit that if you got hurt or something happened, you'd just be living forever hurt no because medical science is advancing at such a crazy speed that eventually i'm going to be able to operate again (laughs) maybe they'll you know put my head on a different body or something but at the end of the day i'm going to be able to operate again dude that is a brilliant answer because just about everybody ever comes up with that sort of answer goes oh yeah maybe i would get hurt and horribly maimed but you have properly identified and looked at it i like it so, Bam, um, we are probably we're coming to start the end of the interview, um, but I was wondering if there's any sort of pet projects or future things you would like to promote uh, or mention or tell listeners how they can get in contact with you best and where to look for your stuff, please. Uh, I don't have anything really important coming up, but I do upload every single day on YouTube and Instagram. So on YouTube, just type in Bam Blows, it'll come up. On Instagram and Twitter, my ad is BamBlows. It's like the same everywhere. If you're looking for me, just type in BamBlows and you will find me. It's true. You'll find him through Google. You'll find examples of his brilliant videos. I, just before this, to give you a taster, the sort of amazing things you can find, okay, three videos come up straight away, which are snorting shaving cream, snorting (laughs) lotion. So you notice there's a trend there, as I said to Bam earlier. (laughs) He's very good at snorting things. And, again, tying something we discussed earlier, and this is one that's going to make the male listeners feel slightly comfortable. Bam played tennis. Now, 
you're probably going to sit and think, okay, so Bam played tennis. What's <laughs> so important about playing tennis? You hit a ball. Mm, yeah, so Bam played testicle tennis. Yeah. So if, if this man isn't giving to his fan base, I don't know what is. He played testicle tennis <laughs> to make you, as viewers, happy. That is a man who gives his all. So I want to finish up by saying thank you so, so much for this. And thank you for your patience, Bam, because it did take us a bit of time to land this interview with various things that are going on in, in, uh, in, in our lives. Yeah, it's no problem. I love doing stuff like this. I will come back if you want. I don't care. I, I love doing this stuff. I would love to have you back. I, I, what I'd really like is if both Gemma and I could do a joint interview with you. That would be okay. Yeah, she great. was she was really bummed on the fact that she couldn't um, actually do the interview today because she's she's seen your stuff and really found it amusing, interesting. So, thank you so much for this. Um, it will be put out hopefully fairly soon. Uh, and everybody, if you don't already know about Bam, from li- from what you've heard, from what we've discussed today, he's well, well worth watching. And I strongly recommend get on there, see it, and enjoy it. Thank you for listening to this week's Talking Cods Wallop. If you enjoyed this episode, why not go back and listen to the previous episodes? You can find Talking Cods Wallop on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Codswallop Pod. This podcast is available on Podbean, No Phony Podcast Network, iTunes, Stitcher, and many other podcast mediums. Thank you for listening to our Codswallop.
for me, Cindy, but you were too late.